Are, are you a fan of the Mac attack or does Zappy make you happy? Uh, I, I'm a, a big Mac Jones believer because uh, I think once you show and we're just going to let that, that, that pass, uh, you got your laughs. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and speaking of getting the party started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast. It is episode 11. I'm Nick Shook. That is Katie Caldwell back from her journey across Canada where she took in a lot of laughs and got a little vacation time and then of course we have sean barry down there the man with the golden pipes uh or or more affectionately known in his workplace as just pipes how are we doing as folks? just pipes i'm good i'm good what a beautiful nickname <laughs> love it love it <laughs> episode 11 is actually more special than episode 10 perhaps uh we are continuing our wow. division by division preview well there's there's a reason for that sean we're gonna get to that in a second our division by division previews last week we did the afc north we've already wrapped up the entire nfc and this week we're moving on to the afc east and who better than to bring in to the show than then one of the, the my favorite people in the industry one of the best people i've ever met uh in this career who also happens to be somebody who hired me ladies and gentlemen welcome to the podcast NFL.com's, and more importantly, NFL Network's and NFL Plus's, Greg Rosenthal. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. Uh, you're bearing the lead, though. How are you going to call uh, Sean Pipes here when you're the pipe on oh. uh, the Around the NFL podcast? This Great is, question. This is, this is I was t- serving it up for you there, and you just hit the home run. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel... Hey, I, um, I didn't name I, myself that, by the way. I did not choose that nickname. Yeah, I, I feel know. like... You guys are all in way better shape than I am. I don't like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing, Greg, on the around the NFL podcast. You guys were talking about the gridiron. You said, Nick, you're a big guy. I don't know about your co-hosts. And I text the group and I said, I'm not a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought it was I thought it was potentially um, pumping iron. And, and so that that but that maybe there, there's more F. F1 listeners. Yeah, well, this is, as Greg just alluded to, this is the Gridiron podcast where the grid is Formula One and the Gridiron is football. And if we add pumping in there, like Greg said, then it'll be weightlifting. And then if we can continue adding to the title and eventually we'll just cover everything, lose our audience and drift into the abyss (laughs) where we kind of already are, but we won't cover that right now. Uh, Greg, before we get into the football side of it, um, how familiar how attuned are you to the world of Formula One? Uh, very little. My son is a big NASCAR fan, and he's a minor F1 fan. And from the beginning, I've been trying to steer him more to F1 because I figured I could get more into that uh, with him. Um, but I have, a, I have a very casual uh, appreciation for it. But I, I wish, I'm hoping he still transitions, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to be NASCAR for life, too. How did he get into NASCAR? I don't know. He's like kids like cars, but he like really likes sports. I mean, he loves football too, but like I know a lot about NASCAR be, because of him. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll uh, bring you back in a few years as our, our NASCAR expert. You'll just be, I mean, you already do, you know, you get your whole comedy podcast with Anthony Jesnick. You know, you could just be a man of, of every ability. You already do a million different things. So just add it to the repertoire. F1, I, I got to start listening more regularly though, because I'm, I'm into it. Like I, I like the idea of it. What I know, I find I find compelling. 
All right. Well, as for the things that we know, you know, extremely well, it is football and training camp has started. We're almost done with our previews and we've left, we've left one of the best divisions for last. And, and we left it for you who has a rooting interest in the division and can give us expert insight on every team with the AFC East. And Sean is going to take over from here because I don't know if you know this, but you're, you're now beholden to the Sean Berry sports book. So step on in, get comfortable, even though we're not allowed to step in sports books, but you know, step on in this virtual sports book, which has no actual, uh, you know, bearing. This is in, in just the real to, world. To, to stop Nick stammering. This is an imaginary sports book where the points, the, the, the spreads, they are made up. They're just, come through you know my noggin on any given day i look at the schedules and i go okay i can see this team winning this many games that's where these numbers come from so there's no scientific formula to this whatsoever do i know more than vegas i'm not gonna say that but i mean who knows so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go uh, team by team i'm gonna read their schedule and then we're just gonna go around the room and say you know are they gonna be over or under this win total and we'll discuss and hijinks will ensue before we do that and we're going to start off with the buffalo bills before we do that greg i did want to get your um your take on a tweet that i read recently um and if i can bring it up uh the author it's actually you oh okay it is actually you and because i'm based out of tampa bay i wanted to know your thoughts on your recent tweet that Uh. you can't remember a quarterback battle that has gotten less attention than Baker v. Trask. I agree, but being that I have to be at training camp tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, why should people actually pay attention to this quarterback battle? Or, I mean, quite honestly, why shouldn't they? Well, because the winner might actually be starting at quarterback for a, a team that has a chance to win the division, which is pretty surprising considering how bad the quarterback situation is. Like the, they're throwing to two really good receivers, potentially a really good defense. Uh, and then more importantly, I um, am just hoping they're biding time for John Wolford to step in there because I'm a member of the Wolf Pack and I feel like uh, he's got a chance. I John like it. Wolford. John hey, they need a. Wolford. You can dress three QBs now, Nick. Why not have John Wolford on the team? Well, uh, we got we got uh, we got Mark Sessler's part of the the David Blau group. You know, Blauer Hour, as I like to refer to it. And uh, you got John Wolford with Greg. So now all we need is Danda to pick on a a, a, a backup quarterback that nobody cares about. Who's the winning, point. by the way? How did Baker look? Okay, Sean, what's going on? And you're right. The pipes is the right. Is Thank right you. I appreciate here. that. Thank you. Yeah, like uh, that. It's, Very Siciliano-esque, I feel like, right now. Thank you. I'm going to I'm gonna frame this or just save this clip. Um, it's It's been, and granted, I've been on vacation the last five days, but from what I've seen, it's been kind of up or down. Trask has a good day, then Baker has a bad one. Baker has a good day, then Trask has a bad one. So uh, I, everyone down here thinks Baker is... QB1 already, that he has already been decided. And that may well be, but at the same time, Trask is putting up a fight in camp. And from my point of view, it still looks like a competition. Even if Baker is the guy, because that's who they brought in in free agency, it does look like a competition because Trask doesn't look, you know, that much worse than Baker. Baker doesn't look head and shoulders above Trask. Mm. All right. Well, that's. Yeah. Enough Tampa Bay. All right, to the Buffalo Bills. Starting off in week one, on the road, taking on the Jets. Uh, Week two, they are at home against Vegas, back on the road against Washington. Weeks four and five at home against Miami and Jacksonville. And then week six at home against the Giants. Uh, Week seven on the road in New England. Week eight, they will be down here at Ray J, taking on the Bucs. 
Week 9, uh, on the road at Cincinnati. Week 10, back home against Denver. 11, the home game against the Jets. Week 12, on the road in Philly. And then a week 13 bye week for the Bills. After that, woof, they get uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead for Week 14. Back home against the Cowboys. On the road against the Chargers. Back home against New England. And then finally, wrapping up the season. Week 18, this will be a nail-biter against Miami on the road ladies and gentlemen i have the over under set at 10 and a half let's say greg wild wild <laughs> it's tricky i mean i'm gonna have to go over but i i was ready for the number to be higher and then to go under because like the rest of this division they've got a very tough schedule but the whole division having to face the AFC West out of division, which I think is, is, a, is a tough group, Chargers, Chiefs especially, and then the NFC East out of division. And then you mentioned those games against Miami, Jacksonville, and Giants, all technically home games, but they're giving up a home game and going to London. And technically, that's their home game, but oh, that's right. Jacksonville's that. going to be... Jacksonville's going to have the fans there. There actually is a thing. Jaguars, so... That's a small difference, but unlike the rest of the league, essentially, uh, they're giving up a home game. So I, I am worried about it because of the schedule, but I, we got to give them some credit here. Uh, coming off like 13 wins with basically uh, the same or maybe even a better roster coming back this year. Uh, yeah, I, it, I, Sean, I think you set that low. I, 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 know, I know what you're doing, and I get mm -hmm. it. Ten and a half? For a team that won 13 half. games, like Greg just said, has almost the entire. I mean, do they have a running back right now? Well, their James running Cook. game, yeah. I mean, James it, Cook it, is the guy. It's 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 James Cook, and their running game has been more Josh Allen than anything, which is my biggest hang up with them is the fact that they don't run the ball as traditionally as I think they should. But I mean, it's over. It, I'm, I'm I agree with Greg because uh, this is one of the easier ones. It's a tough division, right? They're going to have a bunch of battles with the Jets. The Dolphins, maybe the Patriots make it tough too. It's going to be a difficult division to get out of. But as Greg just said, I, I think that this is a team that most of it is back. Uh, you can't argue with what they've done in the past. You have a superstar quarterback. If you could actually balance the offense out, I think your ceiling is heightened. I totally agree. I'm going over, and I think it's pretty simple. Hmm. Katie? I have them at 12 and 5. I think Ooh. as long as Josh Allen is slinging it like he is, I think they should continue to be a contender. I suspect the injury was a really big part of his inaccuracies last year, and it sounds like he'll be intentionally less mobile this season. I still don't really see it holding the team back. I don't have a ton of worries. Their offensive line, I don't love. I think they're just kind of average, but defense, I think they're well-rounded. Like, I'm curious to see how big of a loss Tremaine Edmonds is. I thought he played really well, especially in zone coverage last season, but yeah, they added depth. They added my guy Puna Ford, signed Leonard Floyd, and having a healthy Von Miller back is huge. Like you said, Sean, like weeks nine through 16 look really tough and I don't love the late buy, but I think they're still in the same Super Bowl window we've seen in the last few seasons. I'll agree with you there. I still think they're in the same Super Bowl window. I think they'll, they could possibly get there, but I'm going under, honestly. And that's why I said it at 10 and a half. I have them at 10 and seven. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying that they're going to lose the division because honestly, with so with such a tough division, 10 wins might get you the division this time around. I'll go 10 and 7. I'll take the under. I'm not saying that they're not going to be in an AFC title game or possibly the Super Bowl because going through a gauntlet of a season we've seen in the past can still produce 
a Super Bowl contending team. I just think they, they're going to be under. They've won 13, 11, and 13 the last three years. Uh, and, and there's reasons why, why this number is so low in the, uh, in the sports book. What are we calling it? The pipe sports book? <laughs> we, can, we can rename it. I just called it. We, Nick, Nick, yeah, the pipe sports book. Nick, get, 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 a, get a logo ready. Oh, God. No, I think um, it, it, there's there are some questions. Like I think about the pressure of the title window. Yeah, it sounds like a figment of your imagination and something that's concocted to drive the news cycle. But at the same time, like they've they've been good. Like Greg just said, they've won a lot of games in the last three years, and yet they haven't gotten over the hump. And the teams that they've struggled with getting past are not going anywhere. So I do wonder if you know what makes this year different. But at ten and the a half, rest of I still the feel better. Yeah, I guess so. But well, I still feel pretty comfortable. I feel comfortable <laughs> yeah, with eleven wins with this team. I still feel comfortable with eleven wins. So it, I think it's a big off. moment for McDermott. So Chuck got a lot of uh, attention at the uh, NFL Content Summit. Kyle Brandt gave him a lot of pop um, on Good Morning Football for being just such a massive individual. But right, right near Shook was Leslie Frazier, and I got I started thinking about it more when he was there, and I was like. Did Sean McDermott kind of make a power move there that like he wanted to shake things up? I don't really know what happened, but I think it was telling they didn't hire anyone to replace Leslie Frazier. I think Sean McDermott was like, all right, it's time for me to run this defense. And this defense is very consistent in a league where defenses go up and down every year. They're very sound. And you made a great point about Tremaine Edmonds, but I, I'm not that worried about it because I, I love Matt Milano and I feel like it's the system that that is really the strong star there. Yeah, as far as, you know, Nick getting credit for uh, how, how big he is, just imagine why we became friends, because in college I could walk into any frat house or any bar and know that I was good. No one's going to start nothing because I was next to Nick Shook. <laughs> it wasn't that. I mean, I was, right, we'll go with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was I was I'm still six two. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I think yeah, we make right? a good tandem here. I don't think exactly. It's all just, I'm not carrying. Why all do you think I here? hired Shook? I was like, what am I? What? I was afraid of what would happen if I didn't. <laughs> you know damn well. You didn't Nick smash. <laughs> it was phone conversations and that's it. All right, let's move on to the next. That, that's true. Done. It was a surprise. It was a surprise. All right, let's head down to Miami next. Uh, week one, the Dolphins are on the road taking on the Chargers. Week two, they crisscross the country, take on the Patriots. Back home for their home opener week three against Denver. Then on the road at Buffalo. Back home against the Giants and Panthers in week five and six. Uh, on the road week seven against Philadelphia. Back home week eight against the Pats. Week nine, home against the Chiefs. Uh, they got a week 10 bye week, which I can get down with that. It's kind of right there in the middle almost. Uh, week 11, back at home against the Raiders. Then a two-week road swing against the Jets and Commanders. Back home against the Titans. Jets. And Cowboys, weeks 14 through 16. Uh, week 17, back up north against Baltimore. And then week 18, back home against Buffalo. I'm just going to go ahead and circle that one because the time is listed at TVD. That's going to be prime time somewhere, whether it's Saturday, mm. Sunday, or Monday. All right. right Dolphins, <laughs> however, I thought long and hard about this one because they've been good. They've been consistent. But they've also been consistently inconsistent at times. We don't know how healthy Tua Tagovailoa is going to be, when he is going to be healthy, when he is going to be consistent. So I've got them, even though some people are really high on them, um, I've got them at nine and a half. Oh. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Well, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to put it at 10 and a half truth be told, but I just, it's one of those teams that I just don't know what's going to happen in the end. They look great on paper. Those Doesn't always work out, man. I understand. They got on the phone. They said, Sean, you better bring that total down. We're trying to win here. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of racket I, uh, do you think I'm playing here, Nick? I'm uh, jumping right in. I'm going over. Are, are you kidding me? I, I think uh, this team could make the Super Bowl. I think they could make an AFC championship game, obviously, if I, if I think that. like To me, if you just look at the roster, I think it's a top five roster. Like, it's... It's a good offensive, good enough offensive line. It's more about the scheme. And then almost everywhere else, you see plus starters, plus talent, and a plus coaching staff. Vic, Vic Fangio uh, added to that defense is amazing. But I would be excited just looking at the players on that defense anyways. The Jalen Ramsey injury is frustrating, uh, but they're deep in the secondary. I think they'll be okay until he gets back. I I'm I think putting them as my slight favorite to win this division. So if Ooh. I went over with uh, the Bills, I'm going over with the Dolphins. That's that's going to shake things up here. Um, I, I think over is safe again because nine and a half. I mean, Sean's really just sandbagging here. I, I'm I'm sorry not to take a <laughs> shot at you, but you are kind of sandbagging these over under. I'm so checking far. it out though. There's some more reputable uh, you know places out there that actually that is the the line <laughs> more I think. reputable that's the sources. average line out there. <laughs> Than the it was, sports book. It, 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 was, it was in that moment. I did not come here to be slandered. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Sean, look, this is your first time. It's not. It's your third time doing this. Fourth time. I don't know how many years it's been. Uh, but but that works out, I guess. Right. Uh, we'll go with yeah. the total anyway. Um, I think this first month is going to tell us a lot about this team because you go on the road to the Chargers, you go on the road to the Patriots trap game maybe uh at home versus denver and then on the road at buffalo now you come out of there three and one four and oh everybody's riding high in miami they're taking their rented lambos and doing donuts in the streets because the miami dolphins are on their way to the super bowl right um that back half of the schedule does set up pretty nicely for them as well i hate to play the schedule game too much but that is what we're doing here essentially uh tennessee is a nice way to start that four home games in the last five weeks and if you're going to play those teams like new york Big division game, Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. Uh, you want to be at home for the most part. Buff, uh, Baltimore, of course, being on the road. So I agree with Greg. I mean, this this roster is very strong. Good addition on the defensive staff with Vic. And and the question really comes down to Tua. It really does. I mean, yep. it's 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 cliche at this point, but if he's healthy, then they have a legitimate chance. And if he's not, then we don't know what they are. Now, the one thing I'm concerned about, Greg, you, you probably back this up. How do they respond to how they perform? Statistically, it doesn't show out, but when you look at it on the tape, how they performed in the passing game in the back half of the season last year. Now, I know they didn't have Tua for some of that, but when they did have him, they weren't quite as explosive as we saw early in the season, and I felt it had more to do with what defenses were doing against them than what they were necessarily doing. They were shifting more to away from the man and saying, hey, look, pick us apart defensively when we're in zone because we're not going to try to run with your speed. Is that going to be a hurdle for them? I trust Mike McDaniel and, and his genius to get past that, but I do worry about it a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm i not that worried with that speed. I think he's going to be as creative as any of that Shanahan tree coaching staff uh, to adjust and change up what they do. And I think you're going to see them run a lot. Like, I think they're going to be a good running game. I think that's a big part of what they do. But you're making me think I should walk across the street week one at Chargers that's a tasty week one game. That was kind of the game that got their skid started offensively was what the Chargers did. So I'm, I'm very curious to see that. All right, let's go. Katie, what do you think? I have 11 and six for them. 
And mm. like you said, Nick, so much of it rides on the health of Tua. It was such a difference when he wasn't there. But they're so well-rounded. They have so much depth. I love their defense. I love Mike McDaniel so much. That delightful little magician can just vape away on the sidelines, and I'll just enjoy every second of him coaching. <laughs> I just love him. But Greg, you mentioned the run game. You know who I'm excited to see added to that speedy offense? Von A-Chain. Mm. Like, you're adding him to an offense that already has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Like, it just doesn't even seem fair. That guy is so, so fast. I, I so is Moster. It's a What's track that? team. It's got to be the fastest team in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, no question. But yeah, I'm high it, on the Dolphins. I think as long as Tua is healthy, I think they contend for the division. No question. If there was ever a team that really, you know, embodied, you know, what that city is like, it, it, it's it got to be the Miami Dolphins. You said it. It's a track team. That's that's what Florida athletes are. That's what, you know, covering high school football down here. That's that's everything. So that team, mm-hmm. it looks exactly like what Miami Northwestern or Miami Central looks like on paper as well. I've got the over, actually. I'm high on the Miami Dolphins if – Tua can stay healthy, and if mm. he can play consistent, Katie, I agree. I got him at 11-6, and six, and I got him winning the division. I might have egg on my face at the end of the season just because Tua doesn't come to play or he gets hurt again, but I'm willing to accept that at this point. Uh, Greg, we do the show live, so we have some people chiming in uh, in the chat right now, and I don't know if you remember Logan Reardon. He used to be an intern with us back in the day. He's an avid dedicated loyal viewer of the show and katie just made him happy because he said if anybody wants to read that did we talk about eighteen yet yes of course we did, sure I did think baby. The sneaky little pick there um and, and but again like uh like we have a new uh, viewer here actually ohio boy 86 he says as scary as those perimeter weapons are in miami the absolute key to their success is keeping to upright and i agree with you all right the show looks good by the way like the the intro to it with the song the lower thirds with the graphics whoever's doing all that deserves a raise oh well that's me (laughs) okay sean did the intro i was hoping it wasn't you i I was about to say don't take credit for my intro video sean did the intro and that was the best part but i am the one pressed the buttons over here who we got next sean uh, we have got, where are we going next? Uh, oh yeah, let's go to the Jets. How about the Jets? Why not? All right. Uh, we get to see tomorrow night, actually, so that's going to be fun. Football is back, baby. Uh, week one on primetime Monday night uh, against, uh, Buffalo at home. Week two on the road at Dallas. Week three, uh, back at home against New England. Uh, back at home again week four against KC. Ooh. On the road week five against Denver. Yeah, that's a tough start to the schedule. Uh, and then week six, back home against Philly. Week seven, bye. Week eight, on the road against... Uh, why did I even say that? I look stupid now. <laughs> on the road against the Giants. <laughs> uh, week nine, home against... The Chargers. I'm not going to live that down. You're doing great, Sean. Thanks. Weeks 10 and 11 on the road against (laughs) Vegas and Buffalo. They're in Miami week 12. Atlanta, or excuse me, they're at home against Miami week 12. Home against Atlanta week 13. Home against Houston week 14. On the road for three of their final four. Week 15 in Miami. uh, Week 16 at home against Washington. And then week 17 and 18 on the road against the Brands and Pats. The Brands. So, the Brands. The brands. So with all of their added weaponry, with their added, let's say, veteran stewardship at quarterback, <laughs> uh, let's give them nine and a half, too. Why not? I'm just getting lazy mm. at this point. Copy, wow. paste, repeat. I mean, a lack of creativity out of the Pipe Sportsbook, <laughs> the newly renamed Pipe Sportsbook. 
I like to keep it. I like to keep things level. I like to keep things even because when you, if I'm wrong, I don't want to be wrong by a lot. Oh, you're couching it, my friend. But all right, we turn the floor to Greg. What do you think? I'm tired of these shots across the bow. (laughs) I don't. I don't want to go over on all four. So I think I'm going to go under on the Jets, even though that number. I almost feel like you're begging us to go over. I'm not going to fall for it. Something's got to go wrong here, and it's the Jets. And so there is like a jetsiness to all of this that just makes me wonder what's going to go wrong. And then you look at it and you mentioned the weapons. Offensively, is it that good of a group around Aaron Rodgers? I guess that would be my my question. <laughs> Garrett Wilson, yes. After that, quite thin at receiver. Brees Hall is coming off of a torn ACL. We'll, we'll see if he's the same guy. He's not really close to returning right now. And then the offensive line two shaky tackle situations right now. Dwayne Brown coming off an injury, just uncertainty at center. The offense in general, I'm a little concerned about. I think Rodgers will make that all look better. But overall, I'm a little concerned about a team that's really relying on their defense. The defense looks great. It should be great. Uh, but I'm going to go under just for the some, some... One of these three teams has to be a disappointment, right, Katie? Like, what... I can't, I can't, it's yeah. hard to imagine a word where the Bills, Jets, uh, and Dolphins fans are happy on January 1st. It's still, it's still so wild seeing Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform, but it's nice to see he didn't get any less fucking chaotic with a new team. But yeah, which Rodgers are we going to see? Like, my gut tells me that he'll probably be revitalized with a new team, but I think there's a world in which we see a Russell Wilson situation. Like, I'm a Seahawks Ooh. gal. The back half of his last season in Seattle was rough, but... Are we going to see the 2020 Bucks, the 2021 Rams, or is it more of the 2022 Broncos? Like, here's my concern if I'm a Jets fan. We've seen it before where Aaron Rodgers needs to trust his receivers. Who knows if that takes a bit of time to be put together. Their schedule in the first four games, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, Philly in week six. Those are a lot of teams that can really pressure you defensively. And if Aaron Rodgers isn't settled in with his guys yet, I don't know. I think maybe there's a chance it goes off the rails. It feels a little like, oh, the Broncos are just one quarterback away, and look how that went. Mm. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that on that last point specifically because it has very much of a dream team, like the Eagles' dream team feel to it. And it's it's not just because hey, we got our quarterback and everything, but it's it, it a lot of it is because of that. Um, this is a team that's super young that surprised a lot of people last year and did it with average to below average quarterback play for the most part suffered a lot of injuries and that's really what their downfall was but it was one year it wasn't a full year it's a lot to just expect them to put everything together in one offseason come out there and play like gangbusters right off the top and and the schedule doesn't do them any favors i mean three of those first four games are against playoff teams from last year uh you go down to week six and you make four and the patriots can beat them I mean, yeah. the other one is against a team them. they haven't beaten. They, like, the only thing the Patriots have left from the Brady dynasty is beating up on the Jets. I don't exactly. know when the last time the Jets won that game. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, the, uh, everything sounds too good to be true to me. And maybe it's just because I'm a cynic at this point, and maybe it's because of where I'm from. But I just have a hard time buying in and believing it when there are more proven teams. Now, you can say the same thing about the Dolphins, realistically, but there are more proven options in this division. So if everything goes right, and they make this march to you know, the playoffs and potentially beyond, then that's great. But a lot has to go right. And the injury bug already bit them pretty hard last year. I'm just not so confident in it. So, you know, I don't want to go like chalk with Greg here, but I'm I'm also going to go under just because 
nine and a half is low, but like you said, somebody's got to have something go wrong among these first three teams. And if I, if I look at it, I think it's the jets. And, and I honestly wasn't very impressed by Aaron Rodgers last year. I know a lot of different things are going on there, but there were a few times where I'm like, Oh, that's Mm. the beginning of the decline. We'll see. I don't know. There's a lot, Mm. a lot of moving parts there. Guys, do me a favor. Come here real quick. Come here. Just come here. Come here. Come here. Yeah, that's close enough. Let me give you a history lesson here because I do love Formula One. I do love football, but I also love history. Back in 2008, there was a sure-fired Hall of Famer who made the drive from Green Bay, Wisconsin to the Meadowlands in New Jersey. (laughs) Brett Favre finished his one and only season in New York, New Jersey, whatever, as a Jet. Nine and seven. You can't, you can't, you know, lose seven games anymore and still win nine. Nice math. So I'm going to go under as well because I got him a nine and eight. I just saw the gears turning in his head. He's like, uh, I was just giving you a dramatic uh, pause right there because Katie, g- give me some credit here. Way back when, a couple of months ago, I said Rogers to New York. It's put it, put it in stone. It's happening. And it happened. It's following. History is repeating itself. We have not learned about, from history and it is doomed to repeat itself. Aaron mm. Rodgers will win nine games as a New York Jet. And maybe he'll retire after this. Who knows? Even though he just signed a new contract. But, you know, who knows what that guy with, you know, one year in the New York media spotlight on him. It doesn't sound like a good recipe for success. Well, let's hope he doesn't take the full Brett Favre trajectory to the present day. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Also, (laughs) yeah, you know. Well, including in that Jets year, there was um, a lot written about in Deadspin. Yeah. uh, Go back to the old days. Uh, They were eight and three at one point. They were eight and three at one point that year. They were a trendy Super Bowl pick. I was at the overtime game as a fan. I think it was the last time I've been in a regular season game as a fan uh, when he outdueled Matt Castle in an oh. overtime shootout in Foxborough. It was a good game in the 30s. And then the next week after that, the Jets went to Tennessee and they beat, they they, they romped the te- the Kerry Collins-led team that was the one seed, weirdly, in the AFC that year. Uh, and they crushed them. And uh, so for a while, it looked great until it didn't. And I could see that. There's no way this is going to be boring. It's going to be huge ups and huge downs. And I'm ready for it. If, if, if for no other reason, then it'll be good entertainment and make uh, the Around the NFL podcast better. I also uh, just watched a team yeah, last well. year. I also just watched a team <laughs> last year where, you know, they had they added Russell Gage, Julio Jones and Cole Beasley in the offseason mm. and won eight games. So, you know, what was the Bucks' problem last year? Bad offensive line and an aging quarterback. Ring any bells. So mm-hmm. I'll go on to two. Yeah, I don't know if this is as bad of an offense. It's not as bad of an offense. It's not as bad. Of, no, 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 no. Uh, one more question before we move on to our last team. Uh, Logan jumping in here again. He says, uh, any Robert Sala thoughts? I'm sure not. I'm still not sure where I stand on him. Uh, Greg, what do you think? Seems like he'd be a fun uh, guy to hang out with. Seems like a stand-up guy. Seems like a good head coach and a good defensive coach. I I never uh, love I I always lean towards hiring an offensive coach in, in general because of what you've already seen with Robert uh, Sala, like cycling through his, his offenses and and like that's a concern. Uh, but as defensive coaches go, I'm pretty high on him because you could see the impact he made in terms of his coaching from one year to the next with the Jets. Yeah, it was nice to see them. Because like you, you see this often, where hot coordinator comes in, doesn't affect change, gets fired after two or three years. It was nice to see them kind of turn the corner a little bit in the second year. 
We'll see if it happens in year three. All right, let's move on to our last team of this session. And that is, of course, Greg Rosenthal's own New England Patriots. Sean, where are we putting this line? And it better not be nine and a half or I'm kicking you out. <laughs> I'm curious about this one. <laughs> All right, so starting off the Pat season, weeks one and two at home against Philly and Miami, weeks three and four on the road at the Jets and Cowboys, back Jeez. home. Week five against the Saints. Not a gimme either. Uh, week six on the road in the desert against Vegas. Back home against Buffalo. On the road against Miami. Finishing off before the bye. Weeks nine and ten at home against uh, Washington. Or no, excuse me. They are. Is that a Germany game or is that a is that a London game? It doesn't say on ESPN.com. Yeah. Yeah. So Germany. Okay. So they'll be in Germany week ten against the Colts. It's a 9.30 a.m. kickoff, 6.30 on the West Coast. Week 11, bye. Week 12 on the road uh, against New York, the Giants, of course. Uh, 13 at home against the Chargers. Then they are in Pittsburgh, week 14. Back home against KC, week 15. On the road, week 16 and 17 against the Broncos and Bills. And then week 18 against the Jets at home. (sighs) Again, I wrestled hard with this one because this is a Bill Belichick-led team. There's still questions with Mac Jones under center. There's questions on this offense. It wasn't very good last year. Um, that being said, I just, uh, seven and a half. I feel bad about that. Ooh. I feel like I'm disrespecting them. But seven. What and is there? All right. No offense, but what is there to respect yeah. right now? Exactly. Bill Belichick, basically. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Good looking defense. They yeah, played well I'm, last year. I'm I mean, I'm Steelers going fan, over. Let's give them the props. Yeah, let's let's quick kill the uh, suspense here. I'm, I'm going over because one thing I've learned is the Patriots always do well under Belichick in the years that there's no hype oh. whatsoever. <laughs> and they did they did it during the the Mac Jones rookie year too, where there was nothing going on there. And I'm not saying they're going to be incredible this year. When you look at that schedule, I think that's why it's seven and a half. I think if you put them in the AFC South or the NFC South, you could be okay. like, hey, they got a chance to win this division. Maybe they're over under eight and a half. Like, but that schedule is crazy. They got Philly and Dallas, who to me are the two most talented NFC teams. And then Jets, Dolphins, like Bills right, right off the bat. I mean, that is just brutal. Uh, but they were one of the best defense in the league last year. They add Christian Gonzalez, who people I trust Tom Curran for instance said he, he looks like the best player on the team already I love their secondary in general uh, I like Jack Jones um, despite his off-field stuff as a player uh, in general they're going to be a defensive team and I do think just adding any small level of competence on offense uh, you have a great running back in Ramondre Stevenson and I just think they'll find a way to annoy teams and get to nine wins, let's say. Does, <laughs> does, nine. Are, are you a fan of the Mac attack or does Zappy make you happy? Uh, I, I'm a, a big Mac Jones believer because uh, I think once you show, and we're just going to let that, that, that pass, uh, you got your laughs. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. I'm not one of the uh, Patriots fans. Like people, there's a whole Zappy contingent. Uh, in New England, but no, Mac Jones played really well as a rookie. Like he showed yeah. things that I think translate as an NFL quarterback, like anticipation, timing. He had a better rookie season by far than Trevor Lawrence. I know he didn't have Urban Meyer, but I, I think he can be like an average starting NFL quarterback. I I'm think this is a huge uh, make or break season for Mac Jones. 
Yes. And not yeah. getting DeAndre Hopkins feels like a huge missed opportunity for their quarterback and that offense. Because, yeah, it clearly didn't work last year. That was a pretty hey, painful experience to Juju, watch. Hey, they got Juju, though. Well, yeah. and hopefully they can remedy that with Bill O'Brien. I mean, see what's going on there. I think Juju but... will be a nice pickup for them. I like the Juju pickup. I mean, I don't like losing Jacoby Myers, but I like Juju. Well, that's that actually leads us into what one of our uh, commenters said here in the chat. Um, seven wins for the Patriots without a real wide receiver. One Mac Jones will struggle to lead a truly effective offense. Um, if we go back a couple of years, I don't know if that was necessarily a struggle. This is a team that hasn't had a quote unquote number one receiver for a little bit now. Um, I, I, yeah, losing Jacoby Myers hurts, but I, I don't know if there's a lot of proof to that, right? I mean, well, they haven't. It's a problem. You would like Mac Jones to have a better group of receivers. Right. But if your point is that they haven't had them in five years, uh, Nick, that's true. It's been a while. It's been since t- 2018, basically, when, when Gronk was still on the team. Yeah. I'm just I'm just looking at their schedule following their bye week in week 11. Giants, Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, Jets. Where... <laughs> You there's could, no easy games. Anyway. No, there's no easy games. And I'm not saying they're going to go 0-7 their last seven weeks after the bye, but it is realistic that that could happen. Um, the first seven are even harder, I feel yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going under, needless to say, unfortunately. I just don't think. I, they'll be scrappy. You're right, Greg. They'll be annoying, but they're just, on paper, not that talented as the rest of the division. I See, I... I do push back on that a little bit. I think it's the most talented defense that Belichick has had in five years. I think he even said it that like the po- that you almost need like he almost acted like he was starting over with the franchise post Brady, and he was saying that this is you know now what year four of that process. And I think if you look at it, the front seven's really good. I think the secondary is exactly what he wants. Like I think they think they can be a top two or three defense in the NFL. I'm looking at the schedule and I'm trying to find games in which that defense will keep things close enough and annoying enough for them to win games. And maybe in the middle portion, um, you get your, yeah, yeah. Cause that new like Orleans Buffalo games. Yeah. Like that new, maybe new Orleans. I don't know what I'm going to get out of the saints this year. I think we've been over that. Yeah, already. I'm still, I mean, yeah, it's a maybe. weird division, but like, I, I don't know. Uh, the Washington, Giants, the Steelers. Washington is pretty good defense. Indianapolis, you know, that's that's winnable. The, I'm not high on the Giants, so maybe that's one. But like, yeah, this this schedule is relentless. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go under. I I, I got to go against Greg eventually, and here we go. I'm going against him here. Uh, <laughs> got to go under, and it's close to the line. But some team in this division has to, I don't know, bring up the rear, but be in the bottom half. And I think for as much as they'll be in those close games. I don't know. I do feel confident with them with Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. I mean, you can't get much worse than they were with Matt Patricia and company on that offensive staff <laughs> last year. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, but I just don't feel super confident in this team. I do think they'll be in a lot of close games, though. We've seen Bill Belichick's teams outperform expectations before. I still have the under. I have seven and ten. But that you're right, Greg. That defense is really loaded. I mean, you got What's me all that? excited there for us. <laughs> well, that was like you were saying that you believe in Bill Belichick, you know, beating expectations. And then you put him at 710. You we put do. him under this. We do. Line. That's why we're giving him seven. Well, it's just this that it's what the I'm schedule saying, and that offense. That offense just doesn't excite me whatsoever. This is what I'm saying, though. This is this is what the Patriots I'm still holding on they, to they, they want you. That they want you to do. doubt. They, all, the, all their best years. 
were in years that there were like no where there were the lowest expectations possible. Sneaky 2014 was like that. Uh like tw- 2010 like different different years where they played quite well were years there, there were lower expectations. Let's go. You're right. All their best years. They also had the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. We <laughs> forgot that little <laughs> caveat. Other than that's that. okay. Other, but other than that, no, no. Everyone was dogging them. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, but that wraps up our AFC East preview. And before we get Greg out of here and shift to F1, it's time for a new segment, folks. I, I figure with every guest that we have on here, they've all traveled um, memorable paths, twisting and turning. And, well, we need some story times here. Greg, give us your best story possible throughout your career, whether it was you running script through L.A. 20 years ago. Or recently, I'm hating you on the spot. So if with you don't no come up warning. with anything, it's fine. But you know what? Off the top, yeah, of your I head. wish you had. As you had told me, give give me a good story. Um, we should talk about how you were hired at the NFL. Is, no, was that a good story? I don't me. even really remember it. You can tell <laughs> no, me that story. No, I don't remember that story very much. Other than it was a phone call from you. Uh, let's well, talk I did. About... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what were you going to say? Because you immediately got me thinking of my my script running days back in. Well, yeah, that's what I remember is early on. The first time I left the NFL, you were like, I understand. I hated it out here back in the early 2000s. when I was running scripts. So tell me your story. Well, I, I worked at like a, a production company that ended up making like a Cedric the Entertainer movie, Mr. The Johnson's Family Vacation. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, you know, the Paul Hall, shout out to Paul Hall, who produced the, the Shaft update with Samuel Jackson. But yes, you would get calls at like 9 p.m. at night and you would have to run a script up to Santa Barbara uh, on a random like Friday night. Uh, I was a page at, at the Tonight Show. Um, so I got to like bring waters to tom cruise and cameron diaz and things like that that was that was pretty exciting um but it was all just like a preamble to meeting you nick oh yeah okay <laughs> Wait, i like the way you diverted that yeah that was good all right well that'll stand i was gonna ask you about the beginning of the around the nfl podcast since you know a lot of oh. uh, viewers here know you from that well i know um i know katie has a a connection with with uh our great uh friend chris wesseling and um, I was thinking, because I was out uh, the other day, that it's been exactly 10 years since I came out to Santa Monica here. And I moved out here exactly one month apart from Chris, uh, who came from Tybee Island. And we started the podcast uh, later this month, uh, I guess, uh, in 20, 2013, right? Wow. Um so that's been a run, and there was there's no magic story to that other than than uh, the NFL hired me to start a, a PFT Pro Football Talk sort of knockoff news blog, and I was more excited to to uh, start a podcast. And as you know, Mark Mark uh, and Dan were already doing some of that work out here, and they let me have one hire, and I thought I would get to hire a lot of people full time over the years, and that ended up being it. And it was Chris Wesseling. And we came out here about 10 years ago, and that was awesome. And the rest has been a magnificent, spectacular history that continues on where you can find Greg on the, the Around the NFL podcast rich. all the time. What do you, five days a week now is, is how long the show is running? Four in the, in the uh, training camp, but yeah, five once we get to the season. And where can everybody find you? You know, Twitter. I signed up for threads, but that seems to be dying quickly. Um, <laughs> 
wherever wherever you find you know find people on social media it's easy. and on tv and don't forget about on tv yes not very little tv you're i think you're on tv more more than i am you both well, all of you we'll s- we'll see about that i think i think sean's <laughs> leading us all in that category right now. at least once a day at least once a day guys <laughs> <laughs> all right greg well thank you for coming on we appreciate your insight expertise and your time most importantly so thank you we appreciate it if you ever want to come back more than welcome i'll think of a good story for that i'm gonna think of one like one minute after we say say goodbye <laughs> well that's on me for not letting you know which is it's par okay. for the course here and <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the thanks, best greg. <laughs> see you greg thanks greg see you guys all right well that recaps so that wraps up our recap jesus i can't talk today uh that wraps up our nfl portion of the show sean what do we do when we're done with the nfl we shift gears to f1 but before we do that it's everyone's favorite game show uh ring the alarm bells folks every the, the game show that's sweeping the nation everybody ding ding about. it's called do you even now? know I didn't join it. I should have joined it. <laughs> it's the game show where two co-hosts gang up on the third and ask them a string of trivia questions, and the interviewee has absolutely no idea what the topic is, what the questions will be, uh, so it's kind of a lot of fun. And this week... Ah, oh, crap. I get quizzed. Ah, yes. See, Greg, <laughs> yes. that's what we do. We <laughs> surprise everyone here with no preparation. Katie, what is our topic? Our topic today, I don't know if you guys have heard, but the Women's World Cup is currently on television. So we are talking the Women's World Cup. Okay. Are you ready for this, Sean? I hope there's no like specifics on like player I set the bar low with the college football exercise, so it truly can't uh, get any worse from here. So okay, you're welcome, let's my do friend. this. Alright, let's do this. Okay. Everybody's excited. <laughs> So, John, the first official yeah. Women's World Cup was in 1991, but it wasn't actually referred to as the World Cup. FIFA was reluctant to refer to it as such because apparently affording women that dignity was too challenging for them, and they didn't want to quote-unquote tarnish the brand. Pathetic, uh-huh. now. John, do you even know, what was the name of the first FIFA World Championship for women? Ah, uh, yes, the M&M's Challenge Cup. You were weirdly close. What the hell? It's, what, is, what is it? So it was called the first FIFA World Championship for women's football for the M&M's Cup. So oh, they had, okay. So, yeah, so they had Mars Incorporated sponsor it, which are the M&M's folks, to skirt around having to call it the Women's World Cup because they didn't think the talent level was worthy, which is some Can bullshit. I, okay, real quick, can I VAR this? I, give me that. Like, give me... I, I think that's a whole point, not a half a point. I, I think that's a whole point. I think that's a whole point. You, yeah, okay, I yeah, fundamentally yeah, I was, agree with that. Nobody was arguing I was, I was with there. you on that. If, <laughs> okay. if we would have gotten, gotten him on the technicality of like the Mars Incorporated, I'd have been like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> the red hey, M&M and I, I knew it was like I knew it was like called just the M&M's Cup or something like that. But yeah. Something vastly pathetic. Okay, right. next, Sean. Question numero dos. Do you even know which country not from North America or Europe has won the Women's World Cup? Um, Japan. Wow, he's going to hit all of them. Let's no, I, I don't know if he'll get my next one, but also... He's probably not, I know. Pulling out a fourth question just so he doesn't go first. Okay. All right, Katie. You work on that. Okay, Sean. 
She's an Olympic gold medalist, two-time Olympic bronze medalist, CONCACAF champion, and 14-time winner of the Canada Soccer Player of the Year Award. Also hailing from beautiful British Columbia, Christine Sinclair is the world's all-time leader for international goals scored for men or women. Sean, do you know how many international goals does the GOAT have? That's, I mean, like, I just have to pick a random number. (laughs) What? I've seen this number everywhere around the World Cup. I've seen it in writing a ton of times, but I also take it Okay, so the most international goals all time. Burnaby, British Columbia. Can I, can I, can I have a, can I have a hint? Like, is it in the triple digits? Triples. Triples is best. Triples makes it safe. All right. Big B says 420. 420. That is an excellent uh-huh. answer. Great guess. Uh-huh. I almost want to accept that, even though it's way off. <laughs> I'm going to guess 128. No. Okay. 190. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, I shortchanged it. 190. I just, I think, you know, it, they only play so many international games per year. That's just how um, good she is. Being that Canada doesn't have a World Cup title, you know, the the, the chances of those goals are far fewer. Yeah, so. But it's Christine Sinclair. She's Sorry. built different. My queen, Megan Rapino, is built different. We're allowed to have different queens. She is my vice queen. I did. I made a shirt a couple of Fourth of Julys ago of Megan Rapino with the, you know, arms extended to the crowd, and I, I printed that on a T-shirt, uh, and it just said America over top of it. So I made my own Fourth of July T-shirt. I was like, they oh, conflict me so Megan much Rapinoe. because we're not supposed to cheer for any American teams ever. It's like a cardinal sin yeah. in Canada, but they're so easy to cheer for. I just love that team. Yeah, you don't have to cheer for them this year, and it's because it's not going their way. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, Club Fantasy FFL says she is she. She is she. Can about I just go on? Can I actually don't. No, I'm gonna no. save that. I'm gonna save that for later. Uh, I'll that. Uh, and also, um, Ohio Boy 86 says. I should have. I should have. <laughs> but being that I don't, you know, own her, you know, nil, probably would have gotten sued relatively quick. Sean, it's time for a bonus question. All right, I'm down. Which two European countries are making their debuts at the tournament? Tournament, see, Pennsylvania, this year. Um, is one of them Italy? No. Oh, dang it. Okay. Um, no more guesses. Except for your final answer. So there are two European countries. Two European countries are making their debuts at the tournament. Oh, that hurts to say it like that. It hurts to hear if, if that helps. Tournament. Well, can I, can, this can year. I look up the original field of 32 real quick? Absolutely Ooh. not. No Googling well, is allowed, sir. Put your phone we away. Have, we have right. to move I'm, on. Just do it. Just take a guess. Uh, no, not Sweden, because they're really, really good. Um. Portugal and I know one's Portugal. Portugal and is there one of the Balkans? Is it Portugal and France? Ah, he just missed it, folks. He was so close and he blew it. The answer is Portugal Portugal and Denmark. Portugal and and Denmark. The Republic of Ireland. So despite all of your guesses, you missed. And that wraps up America's favorite. Hottest game show since HQ. Do you even know? No. All right. Since HQ, I forgot about that.
Yeah, I just watched that documentary on uh, <laughs> Max, formerly known as HBO Max, on HQ and how it fell apart. It was a nightmare. My God. Uh, ego oh, drives companies apart. And, yeah, yeah, not good. Uh, I mean, you should watch it, but the story itself, ugly in the end. All right, let's get over to, let's see, shift gears. And now we're into F1. Felt that everyone, transmission, real smooth right now. Formula One was, it took to the highlands of Belgium last weekend for the final race before the summer break. Where did we race, folks? Spa Fuckleshops. <laughs> Stunning. That is a new sound drop. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I yeah, we were, we, were at spa this, we were at Spa this weekend. Final race for the summer break, as you alluded to, Nick. So, uh, you know, a lot on the line for everyone not named Max Verstappen. Um, and, I mean, we got – I don't want to call it a good race, but we did get a race just because Max started from sixth place. He took a five-place grid penalty for a new gearbox. Still wins by a country mile. You know What we did have, though, is we had a really good race from Sergio Perez who finished you know, P2, Red Bull's fifth 1-2 of the year, uh, first – in I think seven weeks, so it's been a while. I think since Miami, uh, and then you had Charles Leclerc in in P three. So Ferrari didn't completely screw over their drivers. Uh, they did that all on their own. Um, at least one of them didn't, Carlos Sainz. And then you just had a kind of hodgepodge of drivers throughout the rest because it was a difficult weekend. You know, you had a sprint race, so you'd qualifying on Friday, then you had the sprint qualifying and the sprint race on Saturday. You lost a practice session. Friday and Saturday were wet. Sunday was dry, except for like five minutes in which you didn't even need wet weather tires. It was it was difficult to kind of judge how to run your car during this race. And I, I think a lot of teams suffered from that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, setup sucked. Oh, thank you. For a lot of these teams. <laughs> Big build up to that. Yeah, yeah well, you know. I, the I, dramatic pause, Nick. The suspense yeah. was killing me. The long inhale, the, the heavy sigh. That's kind of how I felt watching McLaren get around the track for most of that race. It got interesting when it was wet, and then it dried out. And, I mean, Lando deserves a tip of the cap for finishing P7, but that car, after being awesome for the last month, was not great, and it was kind of disappointing. I thought we had some interesting clashes on the track uh, in the opening laps. It was an intriguing race because of when it rained, but ultimately it wasn't the most captivating race. It's not the type of way I want to go into the break, but in this season, do you get that much excitement when it's all said and done? When the outside of Max Verstappen, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're just it, pretending it, he's not part of F1. Yeah, so I don't know. It was cool. It was all right. <laughs> I had a they should honestly at this point now, all right, picture this. Give Max the trophy. He's already won. Just give him the trophy. Get out of here. And yeah, go on a vacation. Go on an early sabbatical, Max. Let everyone else race. How much fun would that be if we just removed? We don't even have to remove Sergio Perez. Just remove Max Verstappen from the equation. Maybe, you know, put, heck, you can put Daniel Ricciardo in the Rebel, put Yuki Sonoda in the Rebel. Just maybe call up a rookie and put him in one of the Alpha Tauris. Just, you know, you can still have 20 cars. You can still have two Red Bulls. Just remove Max Verstappen. Will Sergio Perez win every race? I think not. No, no, not Can't based on high school form. No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It would add a lot of intrigue and we'd get a different winner and that would be fun. But I mean, yeah, there's some fun in the rest of the field. So 
Let's check our notes, guys. Katie wasn't here oh, last week. Please, I'm please excited don't. to check oh, these notes boy. for once. Oh, boy. Katie, let's just get this out of the way. Katie, um, she was almost perfect. She had all three podium life. finishers correct, except for in the order. Um, and then she didn't have a bold prediction, so <laughs> negative points for that. But Under she bold had- prediction, I have accidentally got distracted and forgot to fill this out. <laughs> And then she put hee hee at the end. <laughs> what was it? A <laughs> no, it was a cute like, sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> was that saved? Did you save yeah, that? Of course. All right. <laughs> That's cut as a drop. Come on. These buttons are right give, here. Give Katie credit where credit's due. That was that was Florida man. I am Florida. Now we're just. That that is not applicable here, Nick. I am for I know. I'm just applicable. using all this. I'm using all the Sean drops. We're just going to keep stacking them up as the time goes. <laughs> we'll never have our own drops. Just you. <laughs> just me. Uh, but no, give credit where credits to Katie. Good, good, good predictions. Good predictions. For um, those that don't Nick- know, my predictions were number one, Max Verstappen. Number two, Charles Leclerc. Number three, Checo Perez. So right ones, wrong order. Ferrari's weirdly good on sprint weekends. And for that, Katie gets a solo shot. Katie! I don't want this. Take it off. <laughs> what do you want me to do right now? <laughs> I don't know what That's to do That's a drop hand. right there. What do you want me to do right now? <laughs> Why am I, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, we're just making jokes here, folks. Sean, what was your podium predictions? Let's scroll down the Google Doc here. Oh. Ooh, tough day for you. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, go ahead and read them off, Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah that was a tough scene. <laughs> Well, we'll go from third to first. In P3, we had George Russell. P2, we had Lewis Hamilton. And P1, we had Sean's favorite guy, Lando Norris. And, well, Strikes I think Strikes one, two, and three. You're out. Oh, and, and then you what about your bold prediction? Fourth, <laughs> yeah, my Max's bold prediction. First DNF of the season. Yikes. No, 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 no. I did not say that. That was not my bold prediction. My bold prediction was actually that both Williams would finish in the points. Oh, we didn't update that doc then. Well, that, yikes <laughs> on me. Yeah, That's both Williams, worse. not great. Spot for <laughs> Hey, guys, you know what? It wasn't a great weekend for McLaren, and therefore it wasn't a great weekend for the world. Um, but uh, I, I, I want to give Lando Norris credit for finishing half of that race on soft tires and still managing to come home P7 after they were running more downforce than any other car in what turned out to be a near bone-dry day Sunday. Uh, Oscar gets clipped going into the first turn by Carlos Sainz, ruining both of their days. So, look, you got to admit when you're wrong. Um, I just so rarely am, but this weekend I was. (laughs) Oscar didn't have a terrible weekend. Like, in the sprint, he got second. And it's so funny because when he was asked about the podium, he basically said, like, I don't even really know what this is. (laughs) That's how I feel about the sprint. I very notably do not like sprint weekends. I think they're pointless and silly. But his reaction to it was funny. Funny story here, though. So I was on vacation at my parents' place uh, at the shore in Delaware this weekend, and I get up and I'm watching the sprint race on Saturday, and my mom was watching it with me, and she was like, oh, is this like the sport you're so crazy about now, Formula One? I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, I'll watch it. She absolutely loved the sprint race. By the end of the sprint race, all four of us, my dad, my mom, my brother, and I were watching this race, and they were asking me questions about Red Bull. What is Red Bull? Well, it's you know, it's it's Red Bull. It is the energy drink company. Okay, well, who makes their cars? Red Bull. Well, it says Honda. Does Honda make their cars? 
yes and no. And I like I went into all of this. And so they were so excited that we watched the race on Sunday. And they were like, this is boring. This sucks. What is this? <laughs> uh, this is not what we watched yesterday. It. I knew he was going to pull the rug uh, out from me at one point. I was, I was like, you know, over, over 11 laps. Yes, it's exciting. Over 44? Yeah, not so much. If the yeah. race was set up like the sprint was, it could have been a better race. That's what I was wanting was more than 11 laps with that one with the, the way that the weather was changing and strategy was having to change. The, I wish that was on Sunday and the exact same time. Um, I have a proposal and I think it's pretty simple and I think we're all going to agree. Get rid of sprint shootout and yes. just go back to what it was last year. It's too complicated. We yes. don't need all this. It's I like, good. I like, I'm fine with that there's more points to win in the sprint shootout, but I like that the sprint qualified for or set the qualifying order yeah. for Sunday. Yeah, I thought that was you. fun. I thought, okay, now we know this. Now, you, if you crash, well, you're going to start in P20 or you, know, you might start in the pit lane. Like, it added more drama to it, I think. Now it's just, okay, it's an 11-lap race where Max gets another couple of points. I uh, I had to actually sit and explain it to Bridget. I was like, because I watched the sprint race first. I, I watched sprint shootout first, then the sprint race. Then I went back and watched qualifying. And she's like, didn't you already watch this? And I was like, no, this is qualifying. She's like, I thought we already watched that this morning. And I was like, no, 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 this is a different qualifying. This is for the race. She's like, I thought the sprint set the grid. And I was like, not anymore. Not anymore. She's like, Why? And I was like, because they love to overcomplicate. Great question. Because they Bridget. love money. Uh, yeah, they do. And they, they eventize everything. Um, I would like to avoid this, but I'm just going to call myself out on the carpet right here. My predictions were just as bad as Sean's. We had P1 Max Verstappen. Yeah, that's great. I guess the guy who wins every race. P2. <laughs> Lando Norris, my doubling down on him did not work. NP3 Oscar Oscar Piastri, but I feel like like you know I what? Hey, can can we give Oscar Piastri some just yeah. props here too? Because he had a better yeah. weekend than Lando Norris, except for that turn one incident with Carlos Sainz. He was going to beat Lando Norris in every aspect on that weekend: qualifying, sprint, qualifying, sprint race, and the actual race. It was going to be a clean sweep for the rookie, and that is something we should take note of. File that under things see. we love to see. Yes, exactly. Here are your it flowers, is, Oscar. It's fun to see when a young driver proves the people who give them the opportunity right. When they're like, we love his potential, and they drive a crap car, and all of a sudden, they're driving a decent car, and they're driving really well. They're driving the crap out of it. So it is fun. Uh, my bold prediction, Valtteri Bottas gets in the top eight at P8. He finished P12. So swing and a miss. And that's that. All right. Uh, we go into the summer break now, and there's some things to talk about. We do have to get this out of the way. I think we kind of already got it out of the way, right? Max is just going to win every race from here on out. Yeah. I mean, the law of averages say no, but (laughs) I don't want to bet against them. How how do you, when they have won every single race, every single sprint race this year, that is insane. Um, And aside from, I mean, how many times has he not been on pole? Like, was it just that one race in Hungary? Well, no, I actually also- didn't. Exactly. The fact that we have to rack our brains yeah, about exactly. this says how for uh, how much of a foregone conclusion this season is. That's why I'm saying just, Max, here are your flowers. Here's your trophy. We'll see mm-hmm. you at the banquet at the end of the year. Go take a nice vacation, okay? Go take, uh, what's his girlfriend's name? Uh, Kelly. I don't well, remember. She- Kelly, that's yeah, right, Kelly. Kelly yeah. Yes, go take Kelly. Go take her and her daughter out for a nice, you know, cruise on the Mediterranean. Just 
to kick 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 up your feet, have a nice have a nice break. Um, you know, Yuki getting this car. Let's see what happens. Uh, Jack doing you're you're driving Alpha Tower now. Just let's have some fun. Let's shake things up. I'm trying to just step back and appreciate the greatness that's happening while really enjoying the midfield behind him because it's so inevitable. It's the graphic is right. Eternal P1. We are witnessing greatness in real time with that car and with that driver, but I'm just happy that things are happening outside of that, that are actually watchable and exciting. Yes. Yes. Cause otherwise it would be a snooze fest of a season. We have nothing to talk about. Uh, to answer your question, Sean Baku, he finished P2 to Sergio Perez. Oh yeah. Saudi Arabia, Jeddah. P2 to Sergio Perez. And I want to say that is it. <laughs> so it has happened. Not often. <laughs> there are other reasons to watch, though. Um, but before we move on, I feel like we have to stay on Max for a second. Because Max and his engineer are not getting along. That was so funny. <laughs> I mean, talk about a couple quarreling over the radio. Hello. Work these things. Do we need to go to couples therapy here, guys? What's going on? I think here? honestly, they're doing it just. I think this is like scripted. I think they're doing it just for laughs and just to give the audience at home some kind of. Because if they didn't have that radio communication, would we even see Max Verstappen on camera at all? Never. After lap 10? No. You would have 34 laps of a race where you did not see the lead car because he was so far ahead of everyone else just driving. They were both. He was so cheeky. <laughs> I that was one of my favorite part of the race is just watching them go back and forth and how sassy they both were with each other. I think they're they're so comfortable with each other. I think there's so much mutual respect. I think they're just taking it all for a walk. Like everybody knows they're winning. Yeah, they're so far ahead that it was kind of cool though because there's a lot of discourse right now about oh Max is so bored and he wants to retire and and I. I've heard a lot of that, but it is cool seeing Max like truly give a shit sometimes when he doesn't really need to, when he's like, well, what's Checo doing? And, and he's, and he wants the fastest lap. And, and part, so for me, part of that, I'm like, okay, Max, we see you still trying when you virtually don't have to whatsoever. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's, I agree. It is fun to see him like still caring that much. Cause he's talked about like, oh, I'm not going to be an F1 forever if I keep winning like yeah. this. And yet you care that much that you still have to outdrive everyone. I mean, he really wants to prove a point. He's proving a point. I think it's actually more serious than people realize just because of the tone at which GP was talking to him about, where he was like, oh, and what would you have liked if you'd burned your tires up in the outlap and, and drained the battery and you'd had no battery left for the end of it? Like, what, what do you think then when they were in qualifying? You know, how would have that gone? But, you know, you give me your thoughts, you know, because we're into Q3. But, you know, just let me know what you think. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Like, it, it, there's I, I a little bit of toxicity there. I think it's also because, you know, this is all these are all Europeans. And so it's not language barriers because they all speak fluent English. But it's like in different cultures, those tones don't translate over. You know yeah. what I mean? But sarcasm, I still feel like because there's, you know, English sarcasm versus American sarcasm versus Dutch sarcasm. Like they're all completely different. That's true. Yeah, maybe it's lost in translation. Uh, Logan says, Max yelling about the wind was pre-recorded. I'm convinced. I'm convinced it was pre-recorded. <laughs> I get it. Um, yelling about the wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and I also need to correct myself um, in reading these qualifyings because of what Logan chimed in as well. Miami also was a qualifying in which Max Verstappen did not finish P1. It was Sergio Perez, P1, uh, Fernando right. Alonso, P2. Max was ninth. 
Um, so that counted. And I also got oh, uh, Baku right, wrong. Right. It was Charles Leclerc uh, was P1 in Baku and Max was two. I was reading race results, not mm. qualifying results. So, All right. Uh, let's see. Any topics left that we have to clean up here on F1? Uh, let's talk about a change at Alpine, a team that is not living up. Did they have expectations? I feel like they didn't have expectations. Yeah, they did. They, they did from last season. They were fighting yeah. for like third and fourth last season. Yeah, yeah they, but they, they had... Did. They had Fernando they expect, last they expected, year. Yeah, but they expected to be fighting for fourth place, and there was all that talk about how, well, uh, since Oscar signed with McLaren, we got Pierre Gasly, and I'd rather have Pierre Gasly than Oscar Piastri. How's that working out for you, Otmar? Oh, <laughs> yeah. whoops. Oh well. Can we read the quote gone. from Otmar? <laughs> sure. Yes, yes, go for it. I have no ahead, idea what this is in reference to. By the way, I had not heard this. <laughs> So basically so, saying so that he Otmar was let go, fired, he, Otmar got fired, and he was let go way sooner than he would have any time to be able to kind of put his stamp on things. But his quote was, I always say, you can't get nine women pregnant and hope you have a baby in a month. <laughs> okay, so Which that plays, but so what do you funny. mean you always say? Like, is that your yeah. wife's like, hey, did you take the trash out? Well, honey, I can get nine women pregnant, but I can't, you know, hey, expect Otmar, a baby in a month. You know what I always say. <laughs> Otmar, did you see this email? Well, you can get nine women pregnant, but you can't have a baby in a month. That, that's great. I I didn't ask. Have you seen the email? I want to start Don't. saying, well, I always say before really obscure things that I rarely say. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> the only way it's applicable in my mind, straight off the top of my head, is, hey, how's the lawn coming along this summer? Well, I say you can get nine women pregnant, but you can't always expect a baby. I'll tell you what, I, I say you can teach a wrench how to screw, but you can't teach a screw how to drive. <laughs> I have heard you say that many times. Can so Turby Ducky. That's I, I have I it on. I have, I have it tattooed on my back. Full back piece. Doesn't Man, even listen just... since the beginning. You know what we're talking about. That means Big B. This is your time to chime in in the comments. That's a treat for the homies only. Uh, I don't have a uh, take on this. I think that they sucked and. Um, I don't, he, I'll tell you what, I'll be happy he's off drive to survive because I don't like his personality at all. Oh, oh my God. I like him. Mm-hmm. I cheer for that little weirdo. Well, they also you know, let go of Chief Technical Officer Pat Fry, which is kind of a big deal. I think that's kind of flying under the radar. He's moving to Williams. Yes. That guy yes. has a ton of experience. He's worked for McLaren, Ferrari, Renault, now Alpine. But Alpine just feels like such a mess. Like whether they're letting people go or if people are walking, like Fernando left, Daniel left, Oscar very clearly did not want to drive for them. He made that deeply clear. But I uh, have heard rumors of Mattia Bonato, which would... Mm, I have also heard those. I would that feel make it any better. Exactly. That's my question. Because he's going amazing. Otmar, who... at, at screwing everything up? I mean, yeah. No. No, 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 no. As a team principal, as a, like a chief technical officer, sure, Mattia was great. But as, you know, a team principal... No, Ferrari did not get better under his watch. Cross-sport no. comparison, Alpine, the Cleveland Browns of F1. No, that's not fair. They're not that bad. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sean. That's what I was hoping <laughs> for. Uh, that's, where, that's what we do here on the Gridiron Podcast. We bridge football and Formula One. And final point of the day. Katie, you have something to say about mm. Mr. Alpatari driver. I identify as the Prime Minister of the Yuki Sonoda fan club. That's what I have to say. Um, have you guys ever seen the meme of the guy on the podium celebrating and popping champagne yes. and he's like flipping everyone yeah. off? And then it shows the zoomed out version and their 10th place on the podium. 
that perfectly sums up how I feel whenever Yuki's in the points. It's just, that's yeah. my Super Bowl whenever he gets a point. I think he had a brilliant race. He was super aggressive. I love how it was Pierre Gasly that he took overtook to get into the points. But I just, I'm just such a fan of Yuki. I think he's driving so well and I love him more every week. He also said that he can finally have a Negroni for the first time in a few months. It's oh, I forgot. Is he not it's 21? His, yeah, he's It's his super routine young. little treat when he finishes in the points. Just a little treat. Root. Now it's legal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he is super young. Is he like, Isn't that like, a funny, like, yeah. oh, I, the points make me I a can't Negroni. wait to have a super <laughs> bitter aperitif. Oh, okay. That's what you want, Yuki. Him. Cool. <laughs> I want a mint julep after I win. All right. Real uh, quick, if you if you finish in the points, Katie, what would you have? Um, double spicy margarita. Oh, okay, Nick. I love a margarita. Um. Oh, this is really ta- tapping into my first my inability to speak today, and secondly, um, my wide range of drinks and my lack of decisiveness. Old fashioned from Bigfoot West on venice boulevard in la i would also have an old-fashioned but i would want it uh with some eagle rare some eagle rare and just you know nice smoked old-fashioned with some eagle rare i I would i would do that blends if you had it but you know a good old-fashioned i'm just kidding um all right i don't Uh, like angels envy that's i know teach yourself all right that that wraps up uh f1 for us now we get to our final segment of the day hate it or love it What's your hate, guys? Let's uh, let's direct it to Katie first, since she's back. Yeah, go, it, Katie. <laughs> this is actually a moment I just put in the group. Uh, this is actually a moment where I have to run. So I'm excited to hear the segment after, but I have to head out. <laughs> I've reached my time limit. Well, I hate that you're leaving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she hates this podcast so much she's leaving. <laughs> okay, well... Goodbye, Katie. Thank you for being here. Goodbye. I do. This is this Farewell. is a little awkward, but we'll fight through it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I did as a heads up that I might have to dip out a little yep. early today. No, no, don't, you don't have to explain right. yourself. Don't explain yeah. yourself. Yeah. The time yeah. that we had. Um, if you want to give me a proper goodbye send off, five stars, rate and review, all the hits. Okay, friends. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Sean. Until next time. Oh, so long. Magnificent. Goodbye, Katie. Tell Carl I said hi. Okay. Godspeed. All right. Um, well, I'm going to uh, yeah, you Yeah, can, go for it. Go for it, man. I, go, I, already, I, do you, uh, I had a hate. Uh, I got a hate. Uh, it is when the feels-like temperature before noon is already 100. Have you ever been outside working, Nick? And you're not yes. even really doing manual labor. You're kind of just standing and sweating. Still, not 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 doing anything, and you are still sweating through every piece of clothing you have on. That was me this morning. I was shooting a uh, a piece on a soccer player titled "Fuck Cancer." Uh, so I I had a fun time shooting that story. But I'm just standing there, just getting video of this soccer player, Tampa Bay Rowdies player. And I was sweating through my shirt. I was sweating. Like, I just got a shower an hour before. And I'm like, I have to go home and get another shower. This is a 
this is absurd. I was sweating so much just standing there. And I was wearing shorts. I was wearing light clothing. I was wearing golf shorts and a golf polo. I wasn't wearing cottons. Uh, you know, I was trying to keep myself cool, but there was absolutely no cloud cover. And it was just, it felt so disgusting to be just there sweating beads. And so I hate, and I looked, I looked down moral of the story, I looked down at my uh, Weather Channel app and it said it was 10.15 in the morning. Feels like 100. I was like, this is it's insane. It's just insane. So I hate when it's just, when you can't escape that heat. I have reached that part of summer here in Tampa. My favorite part about that was I wasn't wearing cottons. Like cottons. Yeah. Nothing was sticking to me, but everything was just still soaked. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, Sean, sorry. You know, I don't usually clap back and I hate we just kind of move on from one to the next, but uh, you chose to live in Florida. So that is that sweaty, sticky cross that you bear, my friend. Uh, I do understand what you're talking about, though, and it's quite uncomfortable, especially August, hottest month of the season, man. Uh, We just started it. You better get ready to take multiple showers. Oh, just wait. No, wait for September and October. It's even worse. Uh, Well, I don't live there, so I don't have those right. problems uh and then there's hate. hurricanes <laughs> and then it you're just worried gets about your... better yeah you i can't believe you willingly chose to live there um logan chimes in says sean and shook podcast is back hey, hey. let's go Shout baby out. change the logo tvt oh wait i can actually uh if i can do it really quickly here unless i deleted it nope all right it's sean shook podcast yeah, back <laughs> I'm Hold just on. kidding. It's Wait, no, no, change it. No, change it back. Change it back. <laughs> no, back, change it back again. <laughs> I'm sending a picture this, to Katie. It's going to sound great for audio listeners. What's happening right now go. for those of you listening on audio format later is I've changed the logo in the corner to our old podcast logo, which is the Sean and Shook podcast featuring a black and white depiction of our old photo from when we went to Happy Valley College. All right, back to the Gridiron podcast. Back to Hater. Love it. Uh, my hate, I'm him. He is him. Himmy Neutron. That sucks. You don't okay. like that? I hate he it. Is him. It's grammatically but Nick, incorrect. You are him. I am not him. I am a guy. Okay, and it's annoying I'm just because a man, man. When Odell said it, it worked. It worked for him. It doesn't work for everybody. Okay, and that's the number one thing people have been using to ex- describe things in sports on Twitter, social media. Social media has dumbed us down so much but especially I with this feel like i'm going to incorporate that phrase into this podcast oh I, I told to my yeah you. i told my co-workers this months ago and anytime somebody tweets something he is him himothy whatever they always send it to me in slack every day every day i got i got um what did i do i i, I forget what the video i tweeted out was but um our intern said uh that's Riz. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what that means, dude. Oh, no. we're old. I'm only 31. Like, I, I got no idea what you're saying. You're no, 21. I got no idea what you're saying there, See, dude. I'm officially old. That's fine. But this is why I'm glad my little sister moved to Cleveland and we spend time together because she's 23, so she keeps me up to date on these things. So, like, spending time with them keeps me like in the loop on some keeps of these you. things. Yeah. Or I have to ask for an explanation, but I mean, at least I'm privy to the knowledge. Having said that, I there's a lot of music today that I'm like. I don't know what this is. What's your love, Sean? Uh, my love is I got to spend the weekend with my family. Uh, just the four of us. Erin was unfortunately sick, so she couldn't come. But uh, I got to go uh, back to uh, Bethany Beach, Delaware, a place that was near and dear to my heart because I grew up going to the uh, beach there. Um, 
usually every summer, sometimes not, but uh, Ocean City, Maryland, yeah, Dewey Beach, Fenwick Island, Bethany Beach. I kind of just grew up there. Um, we'd always go there like one week in the summer. And so it was cool. To, you know, seven years ago, my parents bought a house there. Uh, I'd only been once and that was five years ago. So I was kind of interested to see how things have changed because, you know, things down here in Florida with tourism, they change by the week. It seems like there's a new high rise apartment complex, uh, you know, tourism destination built every week. I'm not kidding you, Nick. When I got there this weekend, except for a couple of extra Starbucks, there was nothing different about this place. And it was kind of nice to see that time and tourism has not affected everything. This part of the Atlantic coast is very much, you know, you get what you get. It's, it's, it's boardwalks and beaches. Like that's what you get. It's very old school. You know, I, I walked to the Bethany beach boardwalk and we got, you know, old school, fresh cut fries. And it was just, it was a blast from the past. And it made me feel like I was kind of, you know, like a kid again, because I got to relive all those memories because all those places I went to as a kid are still standing. And that was really cool to see. Boardwalks and beaches. That's what Delaware does. Uh, I agree, Sean. I like it. I also Actually, told, I also, t- I, I, I relived that story of, uh, I, I told Aaron about this, my girlfriend. I was like, oh yeah, I was like, uh, Nick and I once walked uh, about 60 city blocks in Ocean City, Maryland one time because we couldn't find the bus, but we finally found it. Well, we couldn't find the bus and we were not old enough to go to the bar. So we didn't have much else to do but buy Black and Miles and walk the boardwalk. That was that for us. What a uh, night. What a night. And it was just as sticky and hot as you described earlier. And we had a great time. Uh, I actually had a similar experience in LA when I was out there for work like a week and a half ago. I was looking around. And I was like, okay, that's a new building. But a lot of this is still the same. My old apartment building was still the same. Um, it was it was interesting to see that not that much had changed when you see it too often everywhere else. My love is, despite the fact that she's gone, Katie's back, which ties right in with Big B's hate and love, which is Katie leaving early is his hate and love that she's back this week. I agree, Big B. I love that she's back. I'm glad that she's Big B, you're a real one. In this You are him. Again. Big B is him. God damn it. God damn it. That's Sean. the perfect way to end this. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. That's the show, everybody. Episode 11 of the Gridiron Podcast. I'm Nick Shook. That was Katie Caldwell. Special thanks to Greg Rosenthal for joining us. And that's Sean Barry, who's going to send us out with the catchphrase if he can remember it. As always, for Nick Shook, Greg Rosenthal, and Katie Caldwell, I'm Sean Barry. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Podcast. And as always, live life in the fast lane, folks.